Hello, this is Supriti from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 19th of March. India registered 2,075 new COVID-19 cases and 71 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stands at over 4 crore 30 lakh, while the death toll crossed 5 lakh 16,000. The active COVID cases in the country are 0.06% of the total infections, with a recovery rate at 98.73% as per the Health Ministry data. So far, India has administered over 181 crore COVID-19 vaccinations, of which over 5,84,000 doses were given yesterday. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 464 million people, claiming the lives of over 6 million. In China, two COVID-19 deaths were reported yesterday in Jilin, as per the National Health Commission. A spokesperson for WHO yesterday stated that the pandemic was far from over. The statement comes days after Bloomberg reported on WHO and its discussion on how and when to declare an end to the COVID-19 situation globally. In Punjab, 10 ministers of the Ahmadmi Party were sworn in today, NDTV reported. The newly appointed ministers include MLAs Harpal Singh Chima, Dr. Baljeet Kaur, Harbhajan Singh ETO, Dr. Vijay Singla, among others. Dr. Baljeet Kaur is the only woman in the current cabinet. The ministers have taken charge of the Punjab Civil Secretariat and thereby participated in the first cabinet meeting of the new government. Bhagwant Maan was sworn in as Chief Minister of Punjab on 16th March in his ancestral village, Khatkar Kalan. On the next day, the newly elected AAP MLAs had taken oath as members of the Assembly who administered the oath of office and secrecy by Pro Tem Speaker Inderbeer Singh Nijar. The MLA from Kotakpura, Kultar Singh Sandhava, will be the Speaker of the 16th Punjab Vidhan Sabha. He will be formally elected in the House on Monday, Hindustan Times reported. Maan, in his first official address, had announced the launch of an anti-corruption helpline number on 23rd March, the death anniversary of Shaheed Bhagat Singh. He stated that his government would not waste a day in office. In the state assembly elections in Punjab, Aam Aadmi Party had registered a win in 92 of the 117 assembly constituencies. Union Home Minister Amit Shah today attended the 83rd Raising Day Parade of the Central Reserve Police Force, or CRPF, at Molana Azad Stadium, Jammu, Hindustan Times reported. In 1950, Sardar Vallabhai Patel had first celebrated this day after the enactment of the CRPF Act, which also gave the forces its current name. At the ceremony, Amit Shah recognised the role of CRPF in Lok Sabha and the Assembly elections. He said, and I quote, In 2014, after Narendra Modi became the Prime Minister of India, the situation in Jammu and Kashmir has improved. The biggest achievement in JNK is the immense success that our forces have achieved in controlling terrorism in the state. End quote. The Union Home Minister had arrived in Jammu yesterday when he was escorted to Raj Bhavan for handing over job opportunities to the families of Jammu and Kashmir police personnel who had sacrificed their lives in counter-terrorism operations. He is also to review the security arrangements in the region with heads of paramilitary forces and other security agencies in Jammu, Hindustan Times reported. This comes ahead of Amarnath Yatra and the upcoming proposed elections in the Union Territory region. As per officials in Jammu and Srinagar, Amit Shah will be briefed on terror activities in Pakistan-occupied Kashmir and the number of infiltrators at the launch pads who are planning to cross the heavy patrolled line. 
Listeners, the recently released film The Kashmir Files, directed by Vivek Agnihotri on the exodus of Kashmiri pundits from the valley, has evoked varying responses. Our team visited three NCR theatres to report on the extreme reactions that it invoked among the audience. You can read the report on our website, newslaundry.com. It is titled, Slogans Swearing the Rare Sensible Take. We watched Kashmir Files at three NCR theatres. My colleague Kalpana Sharma also wrote on the manner in which the movie and its time of release, along with the Karnataka High Court verdict on the hijab row, highlights the glowing Islamophobia in the country. The piece is titled, How a Movie and a Court Judgment Exemplify India's Crisis of Growing Islamophobia. Listeners, the reason we are able to report on issues without any interference from government or corporations is because we are a reader-funded, independent news organization. We depend on you, the subscriber, to help us continue to report on issues of public interest. If you aren't a subscriber already, head to newslaundry.com and click on the red subscription button on the top right-hand corner of the screen. Our lowest subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. India will increase its oil imports from the United States by 11%, Reuters reported. This comes amid a global surge in prices that followed Russia's invasion of Ukraine when the price of crude oil went up to 110 US dollars per barrel this month. This surge in oil prices threatens to hamper public finances for the country's economy that is still recovering from the pandemic, Hindustan Times reported. According to the Reuters report, India has also ordered 3 million barrels with Hindustan Petroleum having booked 2 million barrels from Russia. Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, had earlier stated that while India buying Russian oil would not violate American sanctions against Moscow, India needed to think about where it wants to stand when history books are written. According to Hindustan Times, government sources have said that legitimate energy transactions should not be politicized. As per Interfax reports, Russia's defense ministry has reported the use of hypersonic Kinzhal missiles in Ukraine. The reports further state that the radio reconnaissance centers of Ukraine's military have been destroyed in Odessa. Meanwhile, Russian President Vladimir Putin yesterday appeared at a flag-waving rally in Moscow, where he reportedly praised the Russian troops for their military operation in Ukraine, the Indian Express reported. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has called for comprehensive peace talks with Moscow. As per United Nations estimates, more than 3.1 million people have left Ukraine for neighbouring countries in the past three weeks of invasion. On the other hand, in the United Nations Security Council emergency meeting yesterday, India asked for full and effective implementation of a convention banning the use and development of biological weapons. The UN meeting was called by Russia, alleging that the United States finances military biological programs in war-torn Ukraine. On the ongoing talks between Moscow and Kiev, India's deputy permanent representative to the United Nations, R. Ravindra, reiterated India's concerns regarding the progressively deteriorating situation in Ukraine. He said, and I quote, We believe that immediate cessation of hostilities and diligently pursuing the path of dialogue and diplomacy is the only way forward, end quote. Meanwhile, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, the United States representative, stated that Ukraine did not have any biological weapons program. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. 
help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.